Welcome to The Future Starts With You, Season 2. We are excited to continue our exploration of career readiness initiatives with the people doing the real work in the field, from the classroom to administrators, industry, and beyond. I'm Jewel Alderson with the San Diego County Office of Education, and we believe career readiness can impact our North Star objective of reducing poverty in our community. We are excited to have you with us today because, like the title says, the future starts with you. Awesome. Our, our students, they are um, not just in school. That school ends and they have to go somewhere else. The weekend happens. We're in the middle of summer right now. Um, and so we also have to expand what we think um, we need to have, not just in our classroom, but also in our community and in some of our local partners and nonprofits. And I actually think this conversation is perfect because right now at the Comic-Con Museum this weekend is the If Then uh, Science Festival or however, whatever the words are, you'll let us know. So Emily, what is the role of the Comic-Con Museum and other similar institutions when it comes to engaging our students, uh, whether they are before they got to school, whether they are an adult who's just super excited and nerdy, what are you all doing at the Comic-Con Museum that addresses some of these challenges? Yeah, so, um, you know, I'll start out talking with students. Um, this year, you know, the Comic-Con Museum is only just a little over a year old, so we're just getting started. Um, but we have uh, participated in a program called School in the Park, uh, which addresses, um, which brings students from the City Heights neighborhood in San Diego to the, the uh, institutions in Balboa Park for a week of school. Um, at our institution, we teach game design. Um, for that week, and we, we developed a curriculum. We co-developed it with teachers uh, from uh, the schools that the students are coming from, as well as School in the Park folks, and we brought in uh, expert curriculum writers and researchers to uh, walk us through a nine-week process of developing this curriculum, and then we implemented it eight times and refined it every time. And so um, part of that curriculum uh, is the students get to, we take, we have them watch the credits of Animal Crossing, uh, New Horizons, and we say to them, every single one of these people are real people. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is a job and you could have it. Um, so that's part of it. Um, I think folks, I think kids need to see, number one, that there are adults, people that they can go to who will help them find these pathways and it really isn't systematized as much as we would like it to be yet. So there's that. Second of all, um, we are, my goal is to build our education center into a place that serves as that authentic representation space that is so necessary in project-based learning, right? As an English teacher, I can have my kids make everything that they want, right? But then what? You know, who's the audience for these things that we make? Um, and what we have at the Comic-Con Museum is a megaphone. Um, where we can say, well, we're going to put, you know, the Blast Graphic Novel Club, who is currently exhibiting on the floor, and that's just two teachers in Chula Vista who started a graphic novel club 10 years ago, and they bring their kids to Comic-Con every single year. Um, we have them do their interim uh, display before Comic-Con at our museum, right, so they can get that feedback. Um, and I think it really is just going to take us, you know, kind of, 
uniting across these, you know, lines to say like, okay, teacher, I see you in your classroom toiling away. Uh, I'm going to try to get you some bus money and sub money so you can bring your kids to the museum and have an authentic space. Um, So that's what we're trying to do. Absolutely. Well, and the museum actually, when it first opened about a year and a half ago, it started with a exhibit. One of the exhibits in the opening uh, was with A Reason to Survive, or it's called Arts. Uh, And it was a project that students had done during COVID where um, they worked with students to create uh, some different works of art and comics uh, that they were able to display at the opening. And so, um, you know, I think it's, you know, we want our students to feel like they not feel like, to know that they are artists, uh, to know that the things that they do contribute meaningfully to the world and that they have opportunities to do that and make a living wage uh, as they grow up. And so, uh, you know, I think having people who will harness that because in many cases, the older a kid is, the more multiple choice tests that they take. um, And that's really not honing their skills for the future. And so these are the kinds of programs Uh, that bring that to life. Now, we talked a little bit about things that are happening in the industry in order to address this earlier, but James, I wonder if you could talk about some of the work that you're doing over at 1500 Sound and beyond uh, in order to provide opportunities for students and youth. Well, the first thing is like, in addition to our own groups we started, which we kind of got that idea from the groups we were interacting with, uh, especially through Allison. Allison hooked us up with like so many people. Shout out to Allison. Allison Frenzel. Um, Shout out to the California Department of Ed. That is like <laughs> actually really awesome. But the number one thing is really what, what everybody's already detailed because when we get our students coming in, just like I'm sure it's the same for all these programs, everybody comes in wanting to be Beyonce or Jay-Z and that's it. You know what I mean? Like they don't even realize there are these other possibilities. And so like, you know, some of the some of the things that I personally have control over are like booking engineers for sessions or like the people that I'm sort of casting for my team. And so like that's that's one thing I do. But then how that bleeds over into our programs is like the same thing we're all doing, like which I love these stories, by the way, and I love Brick, too. But, um, you know, like, for instance, we've had several students who they weren't all women by design, but they were just the most enthusiastic about the discovery of of a different possibility and so we've had just different um opportunities to put them in real sessions like we've we've brought whole um i'll say whole classes to major sessions on a couple Mm -hmm. of occasions which i don't know if that was the best idea we ever had but um so the people that that really uh seem to be the most inspired just happen to be the women that we that we targeted to kind of like uh push them into a, into different directions where they could kind of feel more comfortable with the technical positions. So that's really what it's been. It's been really centered around engineering in particular because like, you know, it's been a lot of work. I mean, even in the process of, uh, I'd say really that's, that's the biggest like um, energy and effort is my own education on the subject matter for me to talk about it in the first place. Because like when I'm uh, trying to give examples to the women we're talking to about, uh, which there are very few, especially people that are like alive and active right now. Mm-hmm. But then I started finding all these other women that like literally like, um, I wish I remember their name right now because I have a cheat sheet that I'm like sending to all these people in my Discord. So I could technically go find it right now. But literally there's like, I think I found three women that were so instrumental in just um, waveform technology in mm-hmm. itself. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many important 
things and like I think the whole purpose aside from like how people talk about um diversity and inclusion the, the real value of it is is the the different perspectives you know what I mean so like that's that's what we've done so far you know what I mean and just try to be supportive with Alice and Alice has brought us into a lot of situations in different places like this where we can talk about the mission and meet other people and you know that's what I'm doing thank you that's cool nice yeah and I don't know if people in the audience know what 1500 Sound Academy is do you want to give like the here, sure. Synopsis. So, fifteen hundred Sound Academy is a um, it's a music program. It's for post high school, so our students are mainly adults. But we have a whole bunch of K through twelve programs, also due to Allison's involvement mostly. Uh, but we study all the typical things, music theory, and things you would expect to learn at a school. But also, we really focus on uh, professionalism, etiquette, emotional intelligence, like practical things is what I call that part of it. Um, from my experience in the music business, the typical person has like a one to three year long career. I've been doing this almost 20 years. so I'm like a dinosaur in my profession. Um, but, you know, aside from us talking about how to act, we also spend a lot more time than most of most comparable music programs on the business part. Like we do a lot of talking about. Um, business circumstances and situations. So we have, uh, you know, typical theory we talk about at the school. It's a six-month program. Each month you're learning one of these six subjects. It's production, writing, mixing, and engineering, which are different things, uh, branding and music business. And then in our schools in Asia, there's a, it's a little more theory and performance heavy, but we're really just... Um, me and everyone I've ever met in entertainment has had such a terrible experience. I've never met anyone that was like, this is great, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what a blast, James. I've never heard those words. And so our whole goal with the school and with everything we're doing is to find out um, what kind of careers a person could have if they could skip even a little bit of that. You know, I think that's all of our goal is just to, to um, you know, push the next generation of people forward. I love that you're talking about professionalism because I will tell you, I support every career industry at like all, all careers. I can fit you into a box that our K-12 has decided to put you in. Um, but at the end of the day, every professional I talk to, the thing that is going to help you get hired might be a resume with a bunch of certi certifications and degrees or whatever it is. But the thing that helps you move forward in that career have accolades in that career, have promotions, is the essential skills. We might call them soft skills, that ability to interact with other people, to be creative, to be um, professional in that environment. And so we see that everywhere um, because if it's an environment where people don't have a good experience, sometimes helping students navigate those kinds of challenges is the thing that will help them be successful in that space. And so um, again, right, thinking about if you're an educator who's here or listening, um, what are those essential skills that are really important? Um, the other thing I think when I talk about essential skills, I think creativity in its own right, and we talk about it a lot of times in essential skills, um, but I challenge you to find a career where creativity is not a skill that's needed to be successful, mm -hmm. right? And so as we look at all of the skills that are here at Comic-Con, whether a student is going to go into any field, uh, the more we can embed these kinds of opportunities for them to design, to create, to um, experiment, whether it's audio, visual, um, 
all of these things, it will lead them to be more successful, whatever career they end up in. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's really exciting to be here and talk specifically about careers in the creative world. Um, but I also would say, uh, don't hesitate if you're an educator or if you were someone in the creative world to push into any classroom and really embed those creative opportunities for students. They're really engaging and they prepare them for all of those careers. All right. So uh, as we're thinking about the future, I'm curious too, what do you think the future holds? Uh, what's your kind of uh, if we say the future starts at Comic-Con, uh, as the panel is titled, uh, what do you see as the future of some of these creative industries and the opportunities for our students in that? So everyone can, can take a hack at this. Hmm. I wonder if anyone has a first uh, thought. I'll go, I'll go first because mine, I, mine is less career-oriented. Mine is more just to say that I think that we are collectively as a society realizing that the things that we love are actually very powerful, that our joy is very powerful. Um, and so my, my prediction for the future is that that will matter and that will uh, help us sort of solve some of the problems that we are currently seeing uh, in education and in the entertainment industry as well. I think that as we continue forward, uh, a lot of this is, is going to be more accessible remotely. I mean, obviously, a lot of it's mm. already out there, YouTube and stuff like that. But just with COVID and the transitions that were happening coming out of that, like a lot of the training, a lot of the experiences. I spoke earlier about some of the guest speakers and stuff that I know my students have had. Like, I think it's going to keep continue on with that shift, which makes it easier and better for us and our students, for all the educators out there. I know everyone's like, oh, we're not in L.A., we're not in a big city or whatever. But whether you're in a rural area, whether you're in a place that doesn't have necessarily those resources at your school or in your classroom, there is more and more stuff out there. Uh, just one example, like we started when we started working with Nickelodeon, we started using Blender, which is a completely free 3D design program that you can just access on the web. It's completely free. So we started with that because then my students could use it in the classroom, but also at home whenever they're able to work on it. So I think that'll continue to push and open up more opportunities for our students. To kind of take those two ideas and, and move that forward as well, I think that uh, the new generation, the, these students who are going to be entering the workforce, will also have a different kind of access and a different kind of professionalism because we're seeing that with the pandemic, a lot of companies that didn't think they could work remotely or make certain accommodations for um, people who have a disability or for, mm -hmm. um, you know, women who have just given birth, things like that. We've found that they're actually, people are very productive if you give them a chance to create an environment where they can thrive and not necessarily this one prescriptive environment that we have determined as this is how we work and this is what professionalism looks like. Um, that doesn't really include people who have ADHD. And if you can allow them to build uh, an environment around themselves where they can thrive and do their work in the, in the way that really suits them, that you're actually really doing what you set out to do, hire amazing talent. So um, I also think that this upcoming generation is very uh, vocal and clear about their morals, boundaries, um, expectations. And I really love that. I think there's a, uh, a, a championing of what is deemed right. And I think that's great. I think it's really going to help make a change in, in all industries. And I agree with all those things. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> no, um, 
I think, I know sincerely, I do agree. I think that as we move closer and closer to automation and um, corporate decision making based solely on statistics, the value of the human experience and, and the ability to interpret that is going to skyrocket over the years. And so I think that um, in addition to like skill development, creative skill development, not just uh, entertainment based, but also just like making things and things that represent the human experience, when that becomes more important, then I think education is going to be so much more important. We're already seeing it in everywhere except America, but in the rest of the world, education is, you know, in some places, such a huge industry that they're regulating it out of, out of, you know, mass existence. So I really think that the future is aside from, I think the core of the future is, is, humans really uh humans meaning um not the corporation but like the individual the person that's working at home the the corporate tendency to lean towards statistics and technology is is going to leave such a huge gap and it's going to create you know it's already done it it's already making this direct to consumer kind of monster that that the corporate uh you know body is is ignoring but it's inevitable and i think that when that really takes the forefront then what you guys are doing what all of us can do to help educate and teach people and drive people towards developing their creative skills and their you know things you can do with your hands things you can express your you know art music all these kinds of things are going to end up being you know like pharmaceuticals and oil in the future because they'll be so valuable well, I also know that you're all here in the audience and those of you who are listening are also potentially wondering what you can do to participate because we can't do this alone. Uh, a few of us here on the stage, we can uh, talk about these programs, but the reality is that without others in the creative and educational industries, um, it will only continue to happen in pockets. And what we really wanna see is consistency for all students. So uh, on this, first of all, on screen, you can see some of our websites and handles, and I, I do encourage you to follow us uh, in the world and see ways that you can interact with us. Um, but who's got ways for people to engage in this work? If you're a local educator here in San Diego, please consider getting in touch with me or uh, you can email me at education at comic-con, comic-con.org. Um, and we have field trips. We have all kinds of programming that we're building for youth. Um, additionally, it's a good time to know us because we are, like I said, we're still in building mode. And so let's make the thing you want to see. Um, I trust you. So. <laughs> Thank you. Um, check out brickfoundation.org. We have a few different programs. And if you are in the entertainment industry or work for a company in the entertainment industry, there are ways to sponsor, to engage with our student base, to um, get involved. So we do have um, sponsorship events. We do have, you can, you can have your company sign up to be an apprentice. Uh, studio. So please take a look at that. And then if you have emerging talent, if you have students, we have so many resources for students. We have so many developmental resources. So please check out our summit. Please check out our summer internship. Um, and if you, you don't have students and you, you don't have a company in the industry, really just any way where you can engage your work uh, with education, if you can find any organization that is similar in your, in your field where you can donate a bit of your time to help 
shape the future of your industry as well. Uh, we talk a lot about the creative industry, but really um, you can have an impact in any field that you're involved in. Um, yeah, and educators, uh, reach out to me through uh, LinkedIn. Um, if you're looking to build a program, find partnerships, looking into grants, like I've done uh, uh, presentations on those things. I'm happy to help other people and sort of share with what we're doing. And I do want to give a shout out to James. Uh, I've, through Allison, I've done a couple uh, educator um, trainings and stuff through uh, 5100 Sound Academy. Oh, like yes. their place is incredible. Check it out. Uh, it is phenomenal. That's so funny you said that because I'm the whole time I'm like, I want to work with these guys. I'm like, <laughs> but for us, for, for our program, um, same thing. You can just, if you or anyone you love is interested in music or entertainment or, you know, a whole lots of swag, you can go to that website up there. Um, but for the most part, our message, all of our messages is really trying to spread the value of education. So, you know, like it has such an interesting connotation, but it's really what our lives are about. So. Just teach somebody something first, guys, you know, and tell them to teach somebody. And my email's up here, so feel free to reach out and I can connect you with folks. Um, if anyone on the panel is somebody that you really wanted to connect with. Our County Office of Education, our tagline is a future without boundaries. So San Diego County Office of Ed is really passionate about ensuring that students have connections between the classroom and career. Uh, and if you have, whatever your job is, if you're local, reach out to me. I also run a network of people like me across the state at all of the county offices. Uh, and so uh, feel free, I can pass your name along uh, if you are interested in doing this work. Uh, because at the end of the day, whatever you do, the future starts with all of you. Thanks for joining us for another episode. If you have questions about this episode, career readiness in general, or would be interested in being a guest on the podcast, check out the show notes. We would love to hear from you. Keep up the good work until next time, because as you know, the future starts with you.